Ah, uh, welcome back, people. It's episode eleven of season two of the long and short of it with Matt Hockett and Corey Hockett, and we are talking about one of our favorite rides in the Magic Kingdom. That is Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. Guys, we're going to teach you how to score 999,999 points every single time. Well, that is if your gun and your partner work well together. All right. Welcome back to another episode of The Long and Short of It. I'm Matt, and she's Corey. I'm tall, and she's short. She loves television, and I love movies. We have different perspectives, but there's one thing we both love, Walt Disney World. As annual pass holders, DVC members, and lifelong fans of The Happiest Place on Earth, we wanted to impart some of our experiences and wisdom to you. This podcast will focus on one of the most popular things to do at Walt Disney World, the rides and the attractions. What a time to send in new recruits as we are looking at the (laughs) Space Ranger spin. All right, new recruits, we want to give you a quick summary of what we hope to do today in our podcast. And to do that, you've got to have a quick summary of the ride. This is one of our favorites. Uh, We're going to talk about the queue, which in COVID world takes you all over Tomorrowland. And then after you get into your space vehicle, uh, you go through the ride. You start with kind of the gun getting ready uh, targets. Then you go into the first room with the giant claw, second room with the volcano, the third room with the robot, and the final room that looks a little bit like a screen with spaceships coming at you, where you finish up with a giant spaceship and an opportunity for an on-ride photo, and then you head to the scoreboard. One of the things about this ride is it's a game. Uh, It was probably the inspiration for Toy Story Midway Mania in that it's interactive and it's like a video game and a ride. So that's a quick summary. Uh, As a gamer, I certainly love this ride. Uh, I'm not a huge thrill ride person in the first place. Don't, Don't put a drop in a ride if you want me to ride it. But you put a score in a ride, and all of a sudden, I'm there a number of different times playing a game and paying Disney more than a quarter every time I want to play this. Well, but the thing about this that you like is it's different every time. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, before we talk about this ride, I for those of you that have uh, not listened to all of our podcasts, both Corey and I have been to Disney three times since uh, COVID hit. We went in October, we went in December, and uh, then over spring break. So we are a pretty good resource for you. If you have any questions, you can reach out and uh, message us on Instagram, 
uh, at Hockett Matt or Hockett Corey, and we would be happy to talk through some of your uh, your situations that uh, your family might be about to go through. We love this place. Uh, Disney changes every day during COVID. You know, we're going to talk about a couple of the more recent changes. And uh, one of the changes that Disney just recently announced was that if uh, a theme park reservation did not have a, a ticket tied to it, they would start to delete it. Now, they're going to give you 48 hours notice ahead of time. And that sounds like, well, you, in order to get a theme park reservation, you have to have a ticket. Well, I'll give you a for instance. When I was uh, over spring break... Uh, or right before that on senior trip, I had made a uh, reservation for one particular park with a group of two other people. And then we decided not to go uh, on that day. We changed our um, we, we changed our park reser- or park ticket date and set some new park ticket or park reservations. So the old one held, and that's what Disney's trying to do is release some of those reservations. But a common question people often ask is, when should I book my vacation? Your response? As soon as you think that you are going. I mean, I think at this point, because of the reservations, more time gives you more flexibility and more choice. The later you wait, uh, the likelihood that you may not have complete control over what you want to do increases. Now, we say that today... Um, with the parks being at a particular capacity, as things continue to And we don't change. know those numbers. No, nope, nobody right? knows. Disney kind of holds they on to those. They claim that it's 35%. Yeah. Um, or somewhere around there. But as that increases, you know, we're not sure what will happen. One other thing, though, that did happen this this week is that starting May the 1st, the flexible cancellation policy is out the window. Mm. And so we are back to the world of cancellation fees and, the and we're, like. we're, we're speaking specifically to reservations. This is for hotels. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and, and hotels, is that also dining reservations? Uh, not sure yet about that. Oh boy. I love taking advantage of a good system. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, there, there definitely is a, uh, a little bit more on Disney's end to say, Hey, we're a company too. And we have to figure out how to make it work. If, I mean, if someone makes a reservation, that means someone else can't. Well, and I think it's a sign too, that things are moving in a direction of returning to normal. Yep. Not there yet by any stretch of the imagination, not saying that the pandemic still isn't a thing, but um, just moving towards trying to to come back into a new opening. Another thing that happened this week or that is happening is Disney announced that the Lion King show is going to be back at Animal Kingdom, and it's going to be back in the middle of May. Yeah, so that's pretty that's amazing. A, that's a nod to live entertainment returning, which uh, for many of do you... Do we know any place in the world where there's theater going on right now? Wheaton Academy. Oh, yeah. Good point. Um, but for, mo- I mean, Broadway, all the Chicago theaters that were around, um, nothing's open. So this could be a good sign to help. I mean, I, I think Broadway's tentative date was July 1st, wasn't it? Uh, I think the mayor recently said they're shooting for September. Yeah, I figured it was going to be bumped and bumped and bumped. Um, but 
at least Disney's saying, well, we can control. We're controlling the type of person even to come into the park before they even get into the theater. I mean, my guess is that when that happens, the the capacity will be pretty limited yeah. in the theater. So that theater space is pretty large. And if you limit the number of guests who are allowed to visit, um, it, it probably won't be full at all. And yet being able to still have the show which everybody loves well i'm i'm happy for the cast members i mean absolutely that's one thing disney said they were starting to do too is start to hire back people and that's a lot of jobs and uh the last thing well disney's allowing maskless photos not everywhere people but there are a number of pictures that are showing disney uh, photographers, the official Disney photographer, taking pictures of people without masks. Now, that's probably their best way to control it is to say that. And so uh, currently, I don't know the, the finer details. It's outside. It is outside. You yep. have to be able to socially distance yourself. Um, but I think your family can do it all by themselves. And uh, yeah, as long that, as you're stationary. I, I appreciate a good common sense rule. It seemed like that was the right thing to do for a while, and I think this is the right thing to do now. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, in Central Florida the notion of how long their mask mandates uh, seems to be moving in a direction away from mask mandates. It'll be interesting to see what Disney will do. Uh, their president, his name is escaping me at this moment, so forgive me, president of Disney. Uh, but anyway, he said that it was likely masks would probably remain in Disney for most of 2021. So we'll see what happens as those two things continue to change and as the circumstances continue to evolve. Sure. And uh, our humble opinion as we close out the, you know, the little intro of all Disney news before getting to buzz is, that Disney is not a place to run away from right now. It is so much fun. If you go, whether it's now or in November, I think uh, you're going to have a great time. You you have to know that you know your city in your state doesn't look the same, nor will Disney look the same. There are certain things that are just the way it is right now. But uh, so don't expect to see a Disney from five years ago uh, or an experience like that. But if you do a little research and again, if you have any questions, let us know. Uh, we'd be happy to share our information with you. Well, Absolutely. Buzz Lightyear. Buzz. Buzz Lightyear voiced by Tim Allen. I mean, that voice is awesome. He I, is, yes. I love Tim Allen's Michigan voice. To infinity and beyond. Oh, well, I was talking about pure Michigan, but... Yeah. Um, and then Home Improvement back in the day is kind of where Disney kind of caught uh, Tim Allen's, um, you know, acting skills and then hired him to play this character along with, of course, Tom Hanks as Woody. And uh, Toy Story comes out in 1995. Uh, Toy Story 2 comes out in 1999. And right before that, they have Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. We're talking about the one at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, came out in 1998. And you think of how many Zerg references there are right now, right, Corey? Did you mention that this is one of the attractions that is in all of the Disney parks? It's pretty amazing. 
Uh, and from my research, there are only two other rides like this, uh, Haunted Mansion and uh, It's a Small World. Um, but every one of those rides is not the same. So we'll get into a couple of those details later. And it opened later. first in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it absolutely. like it opened second in Tokyo. Sure. Then it came to um, Disneyland all the way in 2005. And they're a little different. It's Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters. Uh, I personally prefer the Walt Disney World version, the Magic Kingdom version. Um, the Disneyland version, the gun, you're holding it as opposed to it being attached. There are pluses and minuses to an attached gun if it is not a good gun. However, I found it to be much more easy to navigate. Yeah, well, I mean, the theme park that should not be named uh, has something called Men in Black, which also has a gun that you hold. And I just, I, I get tired holding a gun in my hand. I'm okay pointing and aiming. I Have really I like. That game? I did. I think I played. I believe that you game. were with us. Yeah. yeah, I played that game. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, and, and the reason Tokyo, I it's one of my theme parks that I would love to go visit. Japan in general, but Tokyo Disney. You know, Japan uh, is you know this the center of Nintendo, mm. and you think of how much animation matters to them, and I think that. The Pixar experience certainly provided that uh, same feel for them. So Buzz Lightyear, uh, a branch off of Toy Story. Let's just get a, a couple of stats about Toy Story the movie, right? Toy Story the movie came out, and I think they co it cost like uh, $30 million to make. Uh, it made $200 million, a uh, huge success, of course, uh, multiple times over. Uh, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Toy Story 4. How about this? Toy Story 4 may uh, cost almost $300 million to make compared to the $30 million for the first one. And how amazing animation was in that first Toy Story movie, but how amazing the animation was in that fourth Toy Story movie. There was one part where they, Woody was on the road. Woody, or no, Forky was on the road all by himself. And that looked like a real road. It was crazy. Well, it's the series is 20th all-time worldwide. It has made $3 billion in total box office gross sales. And, of course, that doesn't even include the toys. So Disney was naturally going to say, yes, let's do this. And in all of the attractions, so Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin started it all. Then in Hollywood Studios, you got Toy Story Midway Mania. And now there's a whole Toy Story land. And in all of those attractions, Disney has scaled the attractions so that in the queue, and as far as the figures, remember, they are toys. So Buzz is a toy, and even in the Space Ranger spin, when you come face-to-face -face with Buzz in the queue, he's bigger than you because you've been shrunk down to the size of a toy. So you are always toy size when you are on these attractions. They changed the queue a bit, but of course, you love that part. When you get close to Buzz and you hear this, Scanners detecting more trouble in Sector 9. No doubt it's the work of that nefarious hey, criminal, the sworn enemy of the Galactic Alliance, the evil Emperor Zerg. Da, da, da. Dun, dun. And what His you hear there... robotic army is stealing crystallic fusion yeah, power cells. Without those cells, we'll I'll all turn be it down. powerless. 
What you hear there is the viewfinder switching, which is really awesome. I love it. All right, you junior space rangers, listen up. Green Squadron will retrieve the power cells, while the rest of you concentrate on those robots. You'll rendezvous at Planet Z. Yes, one of the things I appreciate is the use of the word nefarious. It's good vocabulary development for young space rangers. Maybe it's just that we've ridden that ride so long that, you know, we're in that queue, but we we often quote it. They did change the queue so that the entrance to the ride isn't right next to Buzz. Yeah, and I think that's because of social distance spacing and the desire to not create a line because everyone wants to take a picture with Buzz. Right there. So you've got time now. Yep. Uh, whereas you used to be rushed and everyone's like, come on, let's go. Let's get onto the ride kind of thing. And, uh, and that's fair, but similar to, um, your other ride, Toy Story Midway Mania, they have a giant character, right? So Buzz is in this one and Mr. Potato, Potato Head, Head is yep. in the, in Midway Mania. I think uh, they, they love this kind of experience of the big toy kind of thing. So, well, let's just talk about it for a second, Corey. All right. So, all which right. one of the four movies is your favorite? Well, this is difficult. I don't like favorites. So, yeah. but um, okay. I will be honest and say Toy Story 1 is mine. I love originals. Uh, what was three? Three was when they went to, you know, the daycare and you had Lotso interacting with the aliens. Oh, no, yeah. no giveaway at the end. But yeah, the end of that one was profound. Um, boy, that's a good question. I did not cry in the end of Toy Story 1, but I think I cried in every other movie. Yes, that's For true. For sure, 3 and 4, I was a mess. Weeping, weeping. Yes, three, 3 and 4 were required weeping. Two, two was not. I probably like two. Do you like Forky? I could take him or leave him. I really love his little series on Disney Plus right now. You know, Forky teaches you about art or love or whatever. It's I mean, really he's, cool. He's fine. He's fine. I, no, so you said two. Probably two. Okay. Yep. Yeah. In, introducing Jesse. Yeah. Bullseye. So who, what about a favorite character? Can you pick one? I mean, right away. I've got two. Number one, Mr. Potato Head. Anytime he wants to change an expression or a mood, he puts that on. And I kind of resonate with maybe his attitude a little bit more. He's a little bit more grumpy. But I also like Mr. Short Arms. Who? Oh, Rex! And I, uh, we were commenting, you know, over there's a Toy Story shirt for everyone, and uh, you know, as people walk around the park. But one of my favorite shirts is "I'm a Nervous Rex." Oh, that one's a good one. Um, let's see here. My favorite. Well, I mean, my favorite characters are ooh, the Claw. They're awesome. Yeah, I like the little green aliens. Um, and then probably I like Ham. <laughs> oh, I think he's funny. Yep. Um. Yeah. So a couple of things maybe that you want to pay attention to while you're riding the ride. Well, while you're in the queue and riding the ride, there's only a couple of hidden Mickeys. Yeah, there are a few. A lot of times they're the planets. Yep. In the planets on, you know, as you're kind of looking at the walls in the queue. Yep. Um, On the ride itself, you know, every battery at the bottom says made in Glendale, which I think is cool. A little 
tribute to the Disney Animation Studios in Glendale, California, which I visited when I was in um, California when I was 21. Yep, this is one of your favorites. So, I mean, scoring says, to become a star cadet, you only have to have a 1,000 points. A space scout, 10,000. A ranger first class, of course, 100,000. A planetary pilot, 300,000. Space ace, 600,000. Cosmic commando, 999,998. But if you get that one score of you can't go any higher than this, you become a galactic hero. Which is 900,999. Yep. You can't go any higher. And if you get it, take a picture. Tag us. We will celebrate you. Yep. One of our favorite things to do is introduce people to this ride and help them score perfect scores. Now, one thing about the ride, when you get in, really it's for two people because there are two guns. Although I do believe that if you need to have like a tiny person in there, someone could, you can have three in a car, but then somebody isn't getting to shoot or if they are, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. Um, so that's the, you get on and then one person has to steer and the ride spins around and it spins around to give you the ability to, um, shoot and, and find targets and whatnot. Um, but it could, it, depending on how you spin it, you, you could come off quite dizzy. Sure. Yeah. You are controlling the spin. Yes. So certainly that's different than the ride that shall not be named in universal, because the other ride, the other car is controlling your spin for you. I was really dizzy during that. And even in uh, Disneyland, um, I felt like that version of the ride, I was a little bit more dizzy because I had to turn my gun around all the time with my head. And okay. uh, my, my gun wasn't in the same spot. Okay. So are you ready, people? Are you going to take notes? Because I even went to some websites today and... These websites did not have the the best way to score. Uh, we we got this information from a couple of cast members. I don't know. It had to be fifteen years ago. Yes, you are pretty constant on this. You always get nine hundred ninety nine thousand. For me, it depends on the gun, and it depends on uh, the positioning, and if the ride is working. Well, if, if of course you can believe that all targets are not worth the same. Yes. You know, a lot of times targets, they say, shoot higher and further and you're going to score. But that's in Toy Story Midway Mania. But that's not even the uh, ride strategy on that one either. You have to know where to shoot and when to shoot. And so, also, though, you've got to remember, this is like you've got a little laser gun. Yep. So one of the things that I like to do when I get on the ride is put my hand out in front of the laser and see the red targets so that I can see where it, it's the little red light is actually shooting at. Sure. I mean, there's a ton of red lights everywhere, right? Yes. So you got to know which one's yours. You got to know which one's yours and you got to know where you're aiming. So I did hear that if you are colorblind, this, or this ride is almost impossible. Oh. And I can understand. As you have trouble seeing reds and greens. Um, so 
I, I, I'm pretty sure my grandfather never really succeeded in this one. I'd have to ask a couple of extra people that were colorblind in this moment. So, um, first, first room, you, your car the turns first room, on. You aren't, yeah, you aren't, it's the disco ball room. Your, your car turns on, your guns light up. And, uh, then you start to go into a room that has the giant claw and a huge orange robot so there's there's a spot for everybody definitely if you want to aim for the robot um it's better to be on the left hand side of the car as it's moving forward he's called the boxobot yep so there is it doesn't matter where you shoot of course it matters where you shoot the one spot you want to aim for the robot is his inside left hand that's worth a hundred thousand. One hundred thousand people. And if I don't one hit shot. it five or six times in the first room, then I won't get nine hundred and ninety-nine. One hundred thousand might get your best score ever by just hitting the one target, the inside of his left hand. But on a good day, you're right. You should be able to hit that target as soon as you enter the room, and then continue to hit that target three, four, or five times before I turn around. This is one good thing about COVID is when they weren't filling all of the cars, yep. then no one's head in, was in front of you. It does get a little challenging if the car in front of you is filled with someone. With tall people. So after the robot, you turn around in that same room, you face upwards and you hit the claw. And I like to actually go backwards aiming for the claw. So we hit the robot's hand as many times as we can. And usually it's almost always just Corey because I'm on the right hand side of the car steering. And then we pass that, we turn the car literally around 180 degrees and we aim up at the claw. And I can hit the claw three, four times. I usually do. One thing that you should know is this ride does force you to have positive communication with your partner. And we may or may not have early on had some disagreements about the quality of steering. I think a number of overly competitive people Correct. Can, uh, definitely walk out with hurt relationships. Correct. Yes. Yes, it, it takes a little bit of time. And especially if you got kids, maybe that's a good thing to warn them about. Don't even talk to them about score. You know, sometimes they don't even know the score exists. Uh, they probably can't count to 999,000 points anyways. So just let them have fun for a while because some kids, you, you don't want to have a kid crying at the end of this. Or right. this is a good opportunity to teach them how to be a good sport and lose well. Second room, what are you focusing on in the entire room of everything? There's so much going on in that second room. Yeah, I feel like this one, we're not super qualified to tell what everything is because we only ever shoot at the volcano. Two things. Number one, the volcano. How many points every time you hit it? 25,000. 25,000. I actually saw a website that said 50,000 and I knew that one was wrong. Correct. How many times do we hit the volcano? So volcanoes in the top part of the back of the room. And you got to hit the top part of the volcano. Yep. It's a long aim to do it, but you could easily come out with 150,000 more points, 200,000 more points. If you can hit it, you know, of course, eight times is 200,000. So, uh, hitting that again and again and again, and both partners kind of stay in sync with each other. When the volcano kind of goes out of the way for me, or when Corey's still working on the volcano, I go over to the Jack in the box, which is towards the end of the room. I hit the button to open the jack-in-the-box, and I hit the inside of the jack-in-box, which is 25000 as well. But I can only do that three or four times as I'm leaving. 
Yep. All right, next room, you're walking, you're going through a whole bunch of batteries and mazes before you actually see Zerg. Do those batteries matter? Yeah, they're small, but you can shoot at them. If you, if heard, you want 1,000. I've heard, though, that um, like in the back of one of the batteries, there's a couple that are worth like 10. We've never experienced that, but that's what I've heard. Sure. I mean, I, I, I think I would use it as a rest rather than a uh, stressor for you. Because once you get to the Zerg room, giant Zerg is there. This is where you're the expert. A lot of targets. The goal is to hit the bottom target underneath him. If you follow the middle of his body all the way down, you've got a lot of different things to see. And at the bottom target, there is a target worth 100,000. And this is seriously, if I start with zero, I can probably finish with 600,000 just coming out of this one room. I will say that this one is easier for the person on the right. Sure. Or the person steering. <laughs> Maybe that's always been the case. <laughs> so we've got the bottom Z that you're hitting at 100,000, 100,000. Then you start going in this tunnel of black emptiness which is actually cool because the ride before this used to be called the um delta dream uh, flight dream flight and before that if you had wings and the delta dream flight had a um it was an airplane and that tunnel is one of the original airplane moments oh, where you're going through so they kept that in there which was pretty sweet so you go through the tunnel and there's a a movie screen plane and you're thinking to yourself, oh gosh, I'm 100,000 away. Will I be able to get a galactic hero? One thing I will say, if you get motion sick, that ride, that part of the ride can make you a little bit like, sure. Bleh. Yep. Well, there is a uh, uh, two targets in that room. Yeah. Both on the left and right side of the wall, just before you enter the last room, which is the photo room. They're really hard to see, but... These two spaceships kind of come up periodically, and you can see uh, the sensor, the little black dot in the sensor. It's pretty. It really isn't hard a target. To find. It is literally a box with a circle of glass. Correct. On the back of a very dark wall. Yeah. I mean, if I was trying to find it, I might not find it until the last three seconds before I leave that room. Yep, agree. You just kind of have to aim at the bottom of Zerg's ship right as he kind of flies from one end to the other. Out and in front of if you. you don't get anything, welcome to the crowd. We very rarely hit it too. We can hit it for the, those two seconds right before we leave. Yes, and then in the last room... It's the photography. It's where you get your ride photo. Yeah. But there are also targets in there that are worth like 10,000. So yeah, there definitely need to are. keep shooting. That's the challenge is if you're trying to pose for a ride photo, but you also need to keep shooting. I feel like for our Instagram, we need to, uh, we'll announce this with, of course, a ride photo that we have had many over the, the course of this time. And, you know, everything's a little bit themed. Sometimes we act cold sometimes we make a christmas tree sometimes we act mad because we haven't gotten nine hundred and ninety nine thousand. sometimes the other one of us is. is just trying to shoot the targets while the other one's smiling <laughs> um yep uh we we want to see your photos we want to see the fact that you uh succeeded in this so please send us and tag us on instagram at hocket matt and hocket Corey, um so that we can celebrate with you 
And of course, I'm sure there's YouTube videos that will show you and explain to you what we were just talking about. But the this ride should be a joy. Don't let it turn into a stress. At the end of it, don't wish that you had something else. Just get in line and go again. Or go again. Exactly. This is not a fast pass ride right now during COVID. And the ride time wait, I would say the posted ride time is usually within five to 10 minutes of being accurate. So if it says 50, you're probably going to stand in line for 40 to 45 minutes is has been my experience you know our uh, during the busiest time over spring break and easter we were probably waiting about 45 minutes this is one of those rides though if you stay at the park till the evening you know we've often talked about in covid world how um the evening time like is the less busy time and that for sure you could you could hop on and off buzz Lightyear many times absolutely that's a great point At the beginning of the day, very rarely would anyone ever go on this ride. And that is because you're trying to get to uh, Space Mountain or Big Thunder, Splash Splash Mountain Mountain. or Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Um, But So if you don't care about those, you could go on this in the morning. Very, very quickly, you could easily ride those. But those rides are also busy in the evening at the end of the day. And thus why the evening for this particular ride is a little bit uh, faster is because people are trying to do one last hurrah uh, throughout that. If you ride the uh, the TTA, the oh, people mover. This is exciting. Which is, it's uh, opening today. Which is going on here. You can actually get a top down view in one of the parts. It's opening today. We're very excited. We missed the TTA. We did, we did not. It's been close for over a year and a half. We did not ride the people mover for a while because of course we weren't allowed to so it's a nice break in the day all right well of course this has uh been the long and short of it with uh matt hockett and Corey. Corey, and uh we appreciate you tuning in as always leave us feedback on the instagram uh pages for us and let us know that you're watching uh i talked to a number of people this past weekend that said that they were listening yes so that they heard us talk and uh i i actually got a few text messages about some recent trips that people are planning so it's gonna be awesome all right we want to celebrate you we'll be back next week with another ride until then i'm Corey, and i'm matt have a great weekend bye people